Hey friends, let's go back to the 90s with our new book, Mixtape Theology, 90s Christian Edition. It's part devotional, part retrospective, and all awesome. Rediscover the wonder of songs like The Great Adventure and Jesus Freak as you uncover their spiritual significance. But you know, we couldn't just give you a book without some 90s Christian cheese. We've included some original comics and hilarious retrospectives. Michael Tate of Newsboys and DC Talk calls mixtape theology the ultimate nostalgic throwback, and Michael W. Smith calls it a great read. Mixtape theology will have you falling in love with these songs and the gospel all over again. It's nostalgia served with a side of renewed faith, and it's available now at Amazon and Walmart.com. Now, back to the podcast. Hey, Mixtape Theologians. While we were recording our part one and part two interview with Steve Wiggins, we experienced some technical difficulties, and what you were about to hear didn't make it into the final cut. But what Steve said was too good, and we didn't want it to go to waste. So here you are, some deleted scenes from our podcast. tell you at Mixtape Theology. As you can imagine, um, there are a lot of Big Tent Revival fans. They're about everything of 90 CCM, and um, and you guys had a pretty good run in the 90s, right? We did. First off, I'd like to thank all five of those fans. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, we had a good run. It was a lot of fun, and uh, you know, there was a season there, and I don't think anybody could deny that, that uh, that the Lord was doing something, uh, and there was a huge explosion of bands in the '90s. Whereas prior to that, it was just pretty much a person with a with a tape that would, you know, a, a, it was a singer with a microphone and a tape, and then they they go out and do concerts. And man, when bands showed up, all of a sudden kids started showing up, and and uh, dads in the minivan were like, "Okay, hold on, now I can do this." <laughs> So we had a we had a good time and there was a bunch of people out there. All we were all the same age and all amok in America. And uh it was a lot, there's a lot going on there. Love to see that happen again, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, before this podcast is over, I would like to reminisce a little bit about uh the time that I saw you at the Wilson County Fair uh, around nineteen ninety-four, but we'll save that for just a little bit. Absolutely. Um, so I was selling corn dogs, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I know you started out um, solo career and then you kind of formed Big Tent Revival, correct? That's true. Yeah. I became a Christian when I was uh, I was almost 21 years old. I was running track at Arkansas State University and uh, a guy on my track team was in the back of the bus. We were coming home from a track meet and he was sharing the gospel actually with another guy and I overheard him. And uh, I had grown up in church, so I, I knew about the gospel. I, but I realized by listening to that guy, there was something in his life that was different than mine. And that's when I, I recognized that I, I really wasn't a Christian. And so later that night, I surrendered to the Lord. And then she asked a question, does anybody know any Jesus songs? And nobody did. And uh, they asked if anybody owned a guitar. And I was just the guy that owned a guitar. And started writing songs uh, for a Bible study about what we were learning. At that time, there was no Christian radio uh, where I was in college in Arkansas there. No, no contemporary Christian music. There was no real Christian rock scene or anything like that. And uh, that would have been 1988. <clears throat> and so 
the songs that I wrote made their way to uh, some guys at a recording studio in Memphis. And there was kind of a bit of a revival going on within that studio. And they d- decided to tithe 10% of their studio time to something that would lift up the Lord. And so um, I was that guy. And, and so shortly after that, uh, I got a record deal on Sparrow Records and uh, released as Steve Wiggins in 1991. And uh, 1993 had a tour of South Africa. And the guy said, well, I don't want to just bring you and a guitar down this time. Let's do something. Why don't you bring a band? And so we put a band together and the guys in the band didn't want to be known as and band. Right. They didn't want to be known as Steve Wiggins and band. So they wanted to have a name. And we came up with the name Big Tent Revival. And uh, so it was Steve Wiggins and Big Tent Revival for that tour of South Africa. And then after that, we dropped the Steve Wiggins and just kept the Big Tent Revival. And we were off to the races. You didn't have any uh, goals of being the Christian Dave Matthews. You just. <laughs> well, Dave Matthews wasn't even the Dave Matthews of the secular world at that time in 91. I don't think if he was, he was just barely coming out. He was doing the college thing, probably tours. Maybe. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't I don't know what he was doing. Interestingly enough, Dave Matthews actually grew up in South Africa, which is funny. <laughs> but uh, no, we were to that much. I mean, everybody that owns a guitar wishes they were on MTV, but nobody really thinks it's going to happen. You know, nobody in my family, they looked at me and they said, why would you, you know, I had 10 hours left to graduate uh, college and uh, I left to get in the Christian music business. They said, why would you do that? Nobody in our family has ever done that. Nobody's musical. Nobody, you know, that's, this is going to fail miserably. Mm. (laughs) So I think we're just, I was just a kid trying to do the next right thing and think that somehow that'll lead into, you know, the Lord's will. And quite frankly, it, it, you know, my age now, I still live my life that way. Well, you know, and even though you guys aren't touring now, um, and I guess, what did y'all, 2001 when the group disbanded, is that, did I read that correctly somewhere? Well, it was New Year's Eve 2000 going into 2001. And we played our last show out at Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. Greg Laurie is the pastor. So if you know uh, right. harvest.org or the, or the Harvest Crusades. And eventually I went to go work for Greg a few years later. But yeah, we played our last show there. And then New Year's Day 2000, going, uh, yeah, 2000, uh, my wife and I were on a plane and we're flying back to Franklin, Tennessee, where we lived. And... Uh, she said to me, what are you going to do with your life now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said, I have, I have no idea, but uh, you know, here we are now. Well, you can definitely see the providence of God, even through, you know, the time with big tent revival, I would imagine opening the doors into um, some of the churches that you were able to serve in over the last 20 years. I saw where you were at Willow Creek for a while and then in California. Yes. And then of course, um, most recently, just in my backyard, I'm in Middle Tennessee, but they're at Bellevue in Memphis. Um, yes. And then even probably just your years doing that has opened the door to your audience now with your new venture. I mean, it kind of makes people what's going on, you know, and, and they want people know you because of that. And then you can talk about what the Lord's doing. So, yeah, well, two weeks ago, I was in California talking to a colleague. And I said to him, uh, you know, he said, man, 
your story is unbelievable. Like, how did you get from here to here to here to here to here <clears throat> all the way to where you are right now? And I said, have you ever seen Forrest Gump? I, I feel like I have Forrest Gumped my way uh, <laughs> across the church in America. And and God has been very gracious to me in that sense, because I've, I've, I've been in places where I felt like there's no uh, there's no real reason why I should be here. You know, I, I didn't have a music degree. Uh, I had never studied song composition. The very first demos that I ever did, the, the producer was Tom Lonnie. And Tom Lonnie went on to um, to engineer that very first uh, passion record that they did, that live passion record. Uh, I think it was, was called huge. One Day or Day One or whatever. Yeah, so I'm in the studio. Huge. Oh, yeah. He did. He did uh, PFR's first record too, Goldie's Last Day or something. And so, you know, he's done a lot of stuff. And so, but he was a young Christian and was also getting into it. And he was working at the studio in Memphis at that time. And so uh, my very first demos, you know, we had the band in. I'd never done any of these things, never played with a band, never done anything like that. We're going to cut these tracks live, all this stuff. Had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and um, and so we're, we got everything set up and we're, we're going to run through the first song. We're getting levels. And he says, hey, Steve, why don't you go back to that bridge? And I said to him, uh, okay, what part, what part is that? And he goes, <laughs> he said, no, seriously, let's go back to the bridge. And I said, no, seriously, what part is that? And he had the, he had the wisdom and the benevolence really uh, to just say, Hey guys, you know what? Let's take a break. We're almost at lunchtime. I'll meet you guys at, you know, Huey's down the street. I got to talk to Steve for a second. He, I came in, the band left. He goes, do you really not know what the bridge to your own song is? <laughs> and I said, no. The Mixtape Theology Podcast is part of the NRT Podcast Network. Find more Christian music-related podcasts at newreleasetoday.com.